think song uh, is a gift from God. Song is a gift from God for us. It allows us uh, to give thanks to God, uh, to express our gratitude uh, to God for who He is and for what He's done. We can do that through song. Over 400 times in Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, it says to sing unto the Lord. 50 of those 400 is a direct or a specific command from God to sing unto Him. But 400 times it talks about the importance of singing unto God. This is just one example, but in Psalm 96 it says this, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise His name each day, proclaim the good news that He saves. Why would God command us to sing to Him? As I was thinking about that question 400 times, to sing to Him, why would He do that? I wrote this note down in my journal, singing connects us to our Creator. There is something about song sung to God that connects us to our Creator. Another way to say that is songs to God is the one way that we can walk with God. There's something about the power of song that actually helps us in our walk with God. Now, I get this might be the place where you would push back and say something, well, I can't sing. I'm a terrible singer. I have an awful voice. Or you might say, I don't even really like to sing. Singing is for like those emotional types of people. I'm more an intellectual type of person. I'm more of a thinker. And the intellectual thinkers, we don't like to sing. It's just not my thing. Well, I would want you to know this, that singing is not a personality type. Singing is not a personality thing. Singing is a heart thing. That's just another way to say that singing is often the best reflection of what is in our heart. Now, last Sunday, we examined probably the most well-known, most memorable moments in the Old Testament when the Israelites... Uh, were rescued out of Egypt, and they get to the Red Sea. God parts the water of the Red Sea, and they are rescued and saved, and they walk through the Red Sea. Anyone want to take a guess at the very first thing that the men and women of Israel did once they got to the other side of the Red Sea? They broke forth in song. Now, out of all of the things that they could have done, why on earth is it that the first thing that they do is they break forth in song? Again, just as I was thinking through that question, this is what I wrote down for an answer. Saved people sing and rescued people rejoice. Saved people sing. And people who have been rescued or redeemed, they rejoice. This is the very end of Exodus chapter 14, and it says this, verse 29. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the sea shore. Now, as you read those verses, something quickly that I don't want you to miss is this. The Israelites, they did not kill one Egyptian that day. The Israelites, they didn't even defend themselves. The Israelites, they didn't even fight in any way. They simply walked the path of salvation that God had provided for them. 
pretty amazing what God is able to do, what God is able to accomplish without any of our help or without any of our intervention. And I absolutely love the men and women's response to God's salvation in their lives that day. It says in Exodus 14, verse 31, when the people of Israel saw the mighty power of Yahweh, the Lord, that had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Again, just note, God did not wait for his people to trust in him before he decided to save them. He saved them, he rescued them, and then they were filled with awe and they were filled with faith. See, when someone sees and experiences the power of God's salvation, there will be awe coupled with faith. And when someone's heart has just been filled with faith in God and who he is and what he's done, well, guess what breaks forth? Song. Now, over the years, um, it's, I've had the opportunity to travel just to many different places in the world and just be amazed at God's creative creation. Uh, places in Europe, places in Africa, places in the Caribbean. Remember the very first time I went scuba diving, never seen anything obviously under the water until I went scuba diving. And I just remember being in awe of the brilliance, the creativity of the colors underwater, the amazement of the different fish and the animals that obviously you never see. And I remember just being filled with awe and just filled with faith. God, you are so big to create all of this. Three kids. I remember the opportunity to see all three of my kids being born, just being filled with such awe of God's creative power, His beauty, and just watching each of these kids come to life. I mean, it's mind-boggling that an egg and a sperm come together. Nine months later, you have a kid. I was just filled with awe that God could do that, filled with faith that our Creator is that big. See, awe of God plus faith in God equals I will sing to God. When there is a sense of awe or wonder in who God is and what you've seen or experienced God do, and it fills your heart with just faith and this is God, there is no God like Him, well, that will equal, I will then sing to God. See, one of the things that I love specifically about Exodus 15 is that it will not let me or you off the hook with the idea of song. It would have been so easy for Moses to get to the other side of the Red Sea and just say, well, hey, we survived that. Now let's get busy on with the next thing that we have to do on our journey towards the promised land. But Moses, he does not do that. He does not just get busy with the next thing. But I wonder how often do we do that? We see God move in our lives. We see maybe God answer prayer in our life. We see with just clarity, God has done something remarkable either in our life or around our life or through our life. And how often we see that happen and then we just move on to the very next thing without actually stopping long enough to reflect awe filled with faith that would lead us to actually sing. Something happens in Exodus 15 that we can't ignore, we can't act as if it's not there. And as I mentioned earlier, Exodus 15, this is the first recorded song that we have that is written to God and sung to God. So before we look at a few of the lyrics of this amazing song in Exodus 15, I want to stress a really, really, really important detail about Exodus 15. 
This song was not just written about God. This song was sung to God. So I think it's very easy at times just to say, well, hey, I love to talk about God. I love to think about God. I love to study God. By the way, those are good things, but talking about God is very different than actually singing to God. It's more comfortable to talk about God, to think about God, to study God, but it's a totally different thing where what we know of God actually begins to lead us to sing to Him. So I would ask us this question here that really is a challenge from Exodus 15. Is what you know of God and all He's done leading you to sing to God? Today, wherever you are, is what you know of who God is and what God is like and what God has done in your life and around your life, is it actually leading you to sing to God? Jay Packer wrote a very helpful book called Knowing God, and in it he said this, any theology that does not lead to song is at a fundamental level a flawed theology. What Mr. Packer is saying there is very simple. If what you know of God is not leading you to sing, then something's off. You're not seeing God. You're not thinking about God correctly. Again, this is where it would be really easy to say, I just don't like singing. It's not my thing. I have a terrible voice. It's just I'm not into singing and all of that kind of stuff. Well, what we cannot miss is that songs to God have little to do with whether or not you're a good singer or a bad singer or whether or not you actually even like singing. Songs to God have everything to do with simply this. This is who God is, and this is what God has done. So is what you know of God leading you to sing? Is what you know of who He is and what He is like and all He's accomplished in your life, is it leading you to break forth in song? For Moses and the people of Israel, in light of who God was and all that God had done, well, a song about God sung to God was the most appropriate response that they could have once they got to the other side of the Red Sea. This is verse 1, first lyrics in chapter 15. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, Yahweh, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. Now just picture the scene for a moment. We're told uh, earlier on in Exodus that roughly two million people left Egypt and crossed through the Red Sea. So this is an incredible, huge choir of men and women that are now singing. And imagine them looking back at the waters, the waters that they had just walked through towards their salvation were also the very same waters that came crashing down on their enemy, saving them from the Egyptians. So as they pondered what they all had just experienced, they began to break out in song. And again, not to be missed, everyone was singing because everyone was saved. Everyone was singing because everyone had been rescued. Again, I will sing to the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously. No confusion for the men and women there as to who they're actually singing to, and there's certainly no confusion as to who this song is about. They know this is about God, and the victory that they have just experienced is God's and God alone. And what I love about this song, just in the opening verse, 
is how practical in nature this song is. Meaning, we just want to sing what God actually just did for us. So the next lyric, the horse and its rider, well, they were thrown into the sea. That's a great lyric. Why? Because that's exactly what God had just done for them. If you were to uh, pen a song, if you were to write your own song about God and who He is and what He has done, what would your song say? What would the lyrics to your song be? Would they reflect who God is? Would they reflect what God has done in your life? Would your song sound something like, God, you have been so loving. God, you've been so kind. You've been so faithful. You've been so generous. You've been so gracious. God, you are so holy. God, you are so perfect in every way. God, you have been my provision in everything. God, you have been my father. You have been good. God, you have rescued me from an eternity apart from you in hell and brought me into your home in heaven. Like, would that be somewhere in the ballpark of what your song that you would pen would sound like? Or would your song sound honestly more like, God, I'm just tired all the time. I'm just angry all the time. I'm stressed. God, I'm frustrated. I'm lonely. I just feel like I'm always falling short. Like when I think about that, that just just sounds like a country song. So would you be singing a country type song? No offense to you country lovers. But what song would you actually sing? And would the song reflect this is who God is and this is what God has done? See, the songs that we sing, they clearly say something about us, what's in our heart. But more importantly, they reveal what God is like and what God has done. And this is why I love Exodus 15, because as you begin to walk through the lyrics of this song in Exodus 15, you catch a glimpse of they had no confusion of what God was like, because they had no confusion of what God had done. Exodus 15, verse 2, the Lord is my strength, my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise Him. Or verse 3, the Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is His name. Or verse 6, your right hand, O Lord, it's glorious in power. Or verse 9 and 10, the enemy boasted, I will chase them and catch up with them. I will plunder them and consume them. I will flash my sword, my powerful hand, and destroy them. That's what the enemy was saying in their song. But you, God, you blew with your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Or verse 11 in the song, who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? Or how about the lyric in verse 13, with your unfailing love, you led your people, you have redeemed in your might, you guide them to your sacred home. Or how about verse 18, the Lord will reign forever and ever. See, as you walk through this song, the song begins to help us understand, gosh, this is who God is, and this is what God is like, and this is all that God has done. But one of the things that I love about Exodus 15, it's also as we're singing these songs to God, it helps those around us who don't know who God is actually begin to do the same thing. Uh, I met my wife in college, a freshman year at uh, The Ohio State University. 
And when I met Kyla, she was not a Christian. Uh, she did not grow up really going to church uh, all that much. And so I began inviting her to different things that I was attending. And one thing in particular uh, was a campus ministry called Campus Crusade. It's now called Crew. And they would have a weekly meeting where, honestly, it felt similar to this. Uh, there would be usually a band that would lead three, four songs. Uh, then someone would get up and maybe do like a sketch or something funny. Uh, and then someone would give maybe like a 15, 20-minute uh, devotional type message. And there was roughly about 800 students at Ohio State that would go to these weekly meetings. And so I invited Kyla to come to this with some fear and trembling of, she's going to think this is just whack. Like, this is just weird. A bunch of college kids getting together to sing songs to God, and then someone's going to talk about God. And I remember after the very first time that she went, uh, I asked her the simple question, so what did you think? And I was thinking she was going to say, that's just cheesy. How ridiculous. A bunch of weird people getting together and raising their hands and singing songs. And what Kyla said to me was so impactful she just simply said, clearly those people know something I don't, and clearly those people have something I don't. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, they had joy. They clearly know something and have something that I don't. And I wonder how many people have come into our gathering here over the past few weeks, over the past few months, men and women who had no idea who God was. And I wonder... Did they leave here after gathering with Genesis, and did they say, clearly, those men and women have something I don't? Clearly, those men and women who gathered this morning, and I was there, clearly they know someone that I don't. Clearly, they have a joy that I'm missing and actually hungry for. Just make this personal for you. If someone were to be standing next to you during our times of song, what conclusions would they make about God. They were just standing next to you. If they were watching you, if they were observing you, whether right next to you or just from across the room, what conclusions would that person make? Remember, this person doesn't know God. You do know God. What conclusions would they come to off of just watching and observing how you sing to God? See, your singing matters because God will use our song not only to remind us of who God is and what God is like, but he will use the songs and our voices together to help others know there is a God worthy of song. See, the men and women of Israel had experienced the salvation of God, and where there is salvation, there is always a people who will sing of their salvation. So today, if you're a Christian, if you are one who would say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, then there is salvation that you must be singing about. Not could be, not should be, but that you must be singing about. Everyone here who has experienced God's salvation in Jesus must be singing. And not because you like singing, and not because you have a great voice, but when there is salvation in the scripture, there's always a song, song to be sung. See, we don't sing songs because everything in our lives is perfect and pain-free. We sing songs because God has made a way for us to simply declare through song, Jesus, he has forgiven me of all of my sins, past, present, and future. Jesus has given me the opportunity to say, I have friendship with God. I have peace with God forever. 
See, we sing because God has made possible for all of us to declare, hey, there is nothing this side of heaven that could ever separate me from the love that God has for me in Christ Jesus. No disease in my life, heck, not even death in my life could ever separate me from the love that God has for me in Christ Jesus. See, we sing because God has made a way for us to declare, Jesus has rescued me from an eternity apart from God in hell, and he's preparing a place in home in heaven just for me. See, not to be missed in all of this in the same way that the Israelites did not do anything that day to save themselves from the Egyptians, we do absolutely nothing to save ourselves. Our salvation comes from God through Christ and through Christ alone. And so because Jesus has made salvation possible, no matter what you go through this side of heaven, no matter what we go through this side of heaven, no matter how painful the pain might be, no matter how big the disappointment and the discouragement might be, no matter how big the disease might be, no matter how much anything else is, our songs are not because our story and our situation and our circumstances are perfect and pain-free. Because of Christ, we will always have something to sing about because He has saved us unto God. So if singing is a heart thing, it's not a personality thing, and you find yourself not all that excited to sing, it's not your thing, well, I want us to examine our hearts with this last question. If I'm not singing all that much right now, well, then I need to ask, am I giving my heart to someone or something other than Jesus? Because when that happens and that is the reality of my heart, my life, I'm giving it to something less, something other than Jesus, well, the reality is you're not really going to have that much to sing about. If you're giving your heart and your life and all of your efforts and energies and dreams and passions to building your career and building your finances and building your home and building your family and doing this relationship, I promise you, you will not have that much to sing about. But to the person, to the people, to the individuals that say, Jesus, you have me, not just some of me, not just part of me, but Jesus, you have all of me. All of who I am is all in following you. So those men and women who make that declaration say, I'm following Christ. Well, I promise you, you will never run out of a song to sing.